What up, drinkers? That's right. It's another episode of Music and Brews with Brian and Johnny. In this week's episode, we have the wonderful, fantastic, charismatic, hilarious, talented Jennifer Hartswick. We are so pumped uh, that we got to have her on. Now, Jennifer was uh, so great to talk to. We talked a lot about uh, a lot of different things, like, like she's you know a jazz artist. And she does solo projects. She's done things for other people. And it was just so cool to really, like, dive deep. We had a lot of questions for her. Plus, she was just absolutely fantastic. And we did have some technical difficulties in this. And so you'll hear that later on. And also, at the very end, uh, we have a surprise ending for you. So make sure you listen all the way through. And uh, thank you so much, Jennifer. I'm not going to lie, we recorded this a while ago, back in December. What is it? February now. And with a mixture of taking a break, um, a backlog of many episodes, and also some technical stuff because uh, we had a hard time finding files. It's a long story. I do apologize to Jennifer, but we are so pumped we could finally release this. And you know what? You can still check out our music, so make sure you do. Her latest album release, which we discussed in this, was Something in the Water. And uh, when we talked to her, it hadn't been released yet, but now it is, and it's incredible. Y'all need to go listen to it. Something in the Water, Jennifer Hartswick. So make sure you check that out, and make sure you give us some likes as well, and check us out, as you are right now. Check out the old episodes. We got lists, topics. Tons of great interviews, including this one. Uh, we got probably another one lined up here pretty soon that we'll be releasing. We have a couple other backlogged episodes, so we're still releasing those, and we have more that we're going to be doing this year. We're very excited for 2023. Uh, I'm going to be done talking. My voice is tired. I went and saw Flogging Molly last night, and it was fantastic. So I'm going to let past me talk to you with Johnny and Jennifer Hartswick. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. So grab you a brew, pop that top, take a sip, and let's do it. Pretty failed. Guys, <laughs> here, it's on now, and I'm going to tell everybody that they just missed out on some gold. They, yep, just because it, Brian always does a little intro beforehand. And also, so. the energy that you came in with. Yep. It was wonderful. Oh, you missed yeah. out. It was only for you two. It wasn't intended I for guess. public. Uh, are you now going to just monotone the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, the rest done. Hello. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> How no. you doing? I'm so good. How are you guys? Oh, we are great. I won't say Don't it. Don't say that I was about dream. to say it. It's, 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 it's habit. I can't help it. <laughs> Your habit is... Can't complain? Is no, that what it's saying, is saying living the dream. Living the dream. Oh, living the dream. That's better than can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah. I always say that. Um, what are you guys drinking over there? Ooh, we're we're going to do some mezcal today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so fancy. Oh, I found it super cheap. Normally, it's like 35, 40 bucks, and this one was only like 28, so I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> Perfect. You're going to get your smoke on. I love it. Oh, yeah. That's right. Are you drinking it? Uh, I mean, I have to, right? Yes. 
must be half drunk when she gets here. We'll be fully drunk by the end of it. <laughs> I know it's like brew. I don't love beers, so I have um, Basil Hayden's. And um, oh, nice. Okay, I'm sorry. That's much classier. Yeah, than that's ever. very that's fancy. very classy. Listen, I'm a classy bitch. What can I say? <laughs> uh, all right, should we start this off? And on that note, yes, yeah, so that's a great note to start it off. So yeah. let's we'll start with cheers. the cheers. Let's uh, do it. Cheers, and I'll do a little intro, and we'll rock and roll. Okay, great. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome everybody, and welcome everybody to another episode of Music and Brews. I am your host, Jonathan Verican, and as always, my co-host, Brian Michael. <laughs> my chair made a squeaky noise. Right? <laughs> Brian <laughs> Michael. Um, hey, bro, how you doing? Uh, Don't man. say living the dream. I wasn't going to say it. You said it now and ruined it. I know. I was gonna. What if I just one day I'm gonna come in and be like I'm living a nightmare? <laughs> well, then I would believe you. <laughs> it says a lot about what you see. Yeah, I guess so. what you what you <laughs> believe my... about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friends, let us not delay. You've already heard uh, a little bit about her, in, uh, including the fact that she's a classy bitch. Uh, but we have Miss <laughs> Jennifer Hartswick. Thank you for joining everybody around the applause. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. I, 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 I got a little bit of sweat by saying that. I was like, should I say that? But you said yeah. it first. So Have I you done other podcasts before? <laughs> Never. I'm a podcast virgin. Do you believe? No me? way. It's, no. no. I don't believe uh, yes, you. I have, yes. Okay. Have you ever been introduced? As a classy bitch. Nope. Okay, all right. Nope. That is a first timer. I'm a virgin classy bitch. Well, again, she, you said it first. Johnny, she's a little beast. I'm doing this is it. not how we treat our kids. This is exactly. Wait, what? Since when? Oh, God. I only believe one of you right now. Which one? Uh oh. Bye, Johnny, right? Yes. I got more believable. Yeah, things. I just. I like to, I don't know. <laughs> Antagonistic, yeah, that's yeah, what it that's is. That's it, yeah. Gosh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we already spoke a little bit of what we're drinking. Um, so, uh, wait, can you repeat really quick in case, uh, because we always like to start off with what we're drinking. You mentioned a little bit, and we're going to hit our beers, but what are you drinking right now? Okay, I didn't I didn't realize there was like a, an arc to the, I'm drinking know, Basil man. Hayden. Yeah. Um, not like a huge beer drinker. <laughs> uh, and so I'm drinking Basil Hayden, which is delicious. What is Basil Hayden? It's well, perfect. it's a brown liquor from Kentucky. It's <laughs> over, over crystallized well, water, frozen well, water. Starting in 1889, the uh, founder was. <laughs> Founded by my great, great granddaddy. <laughs> that would be cool though. Oh, it it's, it's just a, it's a bourbon. Yeah, it's a bourbon. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bourbon. You oh, had Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden's the one with the it yeah. has like a strap. You had, you had the, the, the you, bottle. You had a bottle of it up there not that long I ago. I did. Yeah, I remember that now. What? You are are you drunk? No. Yeah. Yet. No. <laughs> um, Johnny, what are you drinking? Well, so I stopped by. I was running a little late, so I stopped by the store. One of those. Uh, I told Brian the store that's always next to the liquor store. You know where they sell. Usually, like, like hookah. Smoke and, yeah, yeah. Like yes. Sheesh. 
<laughs> the she that that sweet ganja. Uh, and and got myself a beer. And I, a little story is uh, they had a three dollar minimum, and this is only two bucks. And uh, of the uh, Voodoo Ranger, by the way, a classic okay. that we have on. And nice. And the lady, and I was like, oh shit, what do I grab? That's a dollar or whatever here. And the guy behind me was just like, just go, I got you. I was like, okay, cool. So nice little fun story. Free beer, the best kind of beer. Wow, that's a win. That's yeah. a huge win. I'm into it. Mine is almost the opposite of that because I spent too much on my beer. <laughs> this was, uh, I never buy full price, but this is Bearded Iris. It's like 13 bucks for a four pack, which is quite expensive, but wow. it's like 8%. Uh, Bearded Iris, it's their double IPA. Yeah, I love them. Attention, please, is what it's called. It's delicious. I love it. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you're both happy. <laughs> we, we are very Living happy. the dream, you could say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, damn it. So I'm just going to repeat it so much to where it ruins it for you. So d- you can't say it Dude, I've been saying it literally <laughs> daily. And, and when I work at night, and I say it probably 10 times in a row. To every so single person. Yeah, I do. Living, living the dream. I had one. I had one guest just be like, "Stop it!" I've heard it from you on everybody. I'm like, "Sorry." Uh, anyway, let's go ahead with all of our rambling. We are. This is gonna be a problem. Uh, we want to dive in and let's get to know you a little bit more. Um, so, first question we always like to start off with, kind of get to know you a little bit. So, if you wouldn't mind hitting us with a little synopsis of, uh, you know, how you got started in music, a little bit about your life, and uh, and, and to where you're at now. Sure. Um... Uh, well, my granddaddy founded Basil Hayden in the 1800s. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in Vermont in the woods. My my grandparents bought a bunch of land back when land was real cheap. Um, and I grew up on 300 acres where it's just my parents and my grandparents. That was it. Dang. Um, wow. And so when I say the woods, I really, really mean the woods. Um and I grew up in a big old musical family. Everybody in my family played music except my dad. They were all brass players on my mom's side of the family, all my aunties. My grandma was a trumpet player. Everybody was a brass player. So I never thought it was weird uh, that <laughs> I was the woman playing an instrument that was like sort of stereotypically male. Um, and I, let's see. Let's skip ahead to, um, I met Trey Anastasio when I was 17. He was making an album and needed a trumpet player. And we have a mutual musical friend um, who suggested me. He was like, oh, you're gonna love Jen, you haven't met Jen. And so I walked into a room of 40 year old men <laughs> and uh, played this really weird avant-garde song. And, um, and he was like, you know, had his skateboard and his little knit cap and he was riding back and forth in the studio. And I thought this guy is like lovely, but weird. And I'll never see him again. It's <laughs> usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And I was so right. I would spend the next 25 years of my life with him. Oh, wow. um, anyway. And so uh, we, he started that band when I was about 20. So we've been on the road together for 22 years. Um, and I've done all kinds of musical stuff in the meantime and yeah. in those holes. But, um, um, that's sort of the very brief synopsis of my musical life. That's awesome. So, so do you still play with them now then? Even with your, your side stuff that you do? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah, we cool. have a big old fall tour coming up in a couple weeks. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, oh, Lord. So to bring it back to the, the growing up part, um, I was just curious. So <laughs> The you, rarity of growing up. The rarity. So you did that? <laughs> what? Um, 
Just only in years. I never, yeah, I never grew up. No, the, uh, I was curious, so did you learn, like, were you family taught? Like, if, if your whole family kind of played, or did you have schooling, or? Yeah, like um, there's a lot of educators in my family as well. So, yes, it was family, but they were also, like, at the top of their game um, education-wise. So I really lucked out in both of those areas. Um, I, I went to music school for, like, a hot second, but... Um, but I, I quit and was on the road two weeks later with Trey for the first time. So I never really looked back. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Why where, where did you, go? Where'd you go Why? for the hot second? Uh, to the Heart School of Music. No Which idea. is named after me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, Lord. Well, let's go ahead. I have a couple questions I want to dive into. It's always that moment of like, all right, now we got the background. Let's go ahead and uh, dive into a lot more into your music. Um, I just have some random questions I want to dive in. Um, so your melodies are awesome in all of your music. I love, I like like the, the, the melodies that you are singing, but a lot of the accompaniment, it's really complex. Uh, and it's awesome. I love. I, I went to music school. I love the all the music that they that, that you do in the mm. background. Of that. Uh, so when when writing these melodies, do you, is the melody already made, or, or are you writing these over the the accompaniment? And uh, is it difficult? I really, um, I write all kinds of different ways. Um, sometimes I'll come up with a melody. Sometimes it's a lyric first. Sometimes it's chords first. Um, it really just kind of depends on on what comes to me first. But I, um, because I played trumpet first. Um, I think of myself more as an instrumentalist than a singer. I sing a lot more these days than I do play. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, melodically, um, the things that I choose are, are more like what you might hear the melody of like a trumpet player playing. Um, yeah. And so I don't really think about it. It Like I said, it, it depends on what the moment requires. But um, I write a lot with my buddy Nick Casarino, who produced this new uh, album, who plays with the Nth Power, incredible guitar player. And we've been playing music together for almost, yeah, say like 20 years. We grew up together in mm -hmm. Vermont. Um, and so the two of us oftentimes will just hang out together and he'll come up with some little thing and I'll come up with some little thing. And it's a, you know, Combine it's just it. a big old snowball. Do you, uh, was, 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 did you find it difficult or was it just a natural process of, ooh, uh, when writing for trumpet to when writing with, with, for like vocals and things of that sort? Yeah, I think, um, because now there, there are lyrics involved. Um, yeah. I have to think a little bit differently and it's sort of you know, you're presenting yourself as a front person when you are the singer in the band. Um, and so it's just, it's a little, it, it is a little bit different. Um, but I think, um, I don't think I, 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 I sort of approach it in the, in the same way. Oh, okay. um, hmm. yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I was like, that is curiosity to me because like, uh, working with brass always is like the, the, like dynamics are so important with with brass that you know vocals yes it's important but it's not really the the, the like main driving force whereas with that so I, I was yeah i always wonder about that little bridge gap mm. in that um that's awesome what led to uh wanting to do singing <laughs> like after doing so many years of um, so, so that's a, a great question and and a very simple answer which is that um i can work more huh. <laughs> yeah. things you don't think of as a kid where you're just like yeah i'm cool I play the trumpet and i'm gonna be a trumpet player um and then you find out that 
oh wait, uh, if I could do more things, I could I could work more. And, and it's it was just that simple. Um, and I always sang. I mean, I you know, but I was never writing music as a singer. I was never you know fronting a band as a singer and all that kind of stuff. So um, it really was just practical to do so. Huh. Um, and people didn't seem to hate it. So I kept doing it. <laughs> That's always a good start. <laughs> I didn't totally suck at it, so I kept doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, wait, wait, So, so okay. then, 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 uh, then what was, so if you just started doing it to be able to, to work more, what was the inspiration to start releasing your own music and to, uh, move into, like, having your own, being the front of, for your own band? I think that's always been the goal. Um, you know, I, I always saw that happening, took like a strange left when I joined Trey's band. Um, and, and that's a, a really beautiful and interesting project because, um, you know, he really wants everybody to shine in that band. That's not like you're never a sideman. Either that or we're all sidemen, himself included. Um, it's just like it's constant support. And it's it's a very different organization than anybody else that I've ever been a sideman for. Um, everybody has many, many moments in a night of a show and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but it did... Um, set me up sort of for that role. Um, and that wasn't always, that just wasn't the goal for me. I, I always wanted to write my own music and have my own band and, um, and my own albums and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So going from, as you said, like the side man or, you know, or, or not feeling like one, but still at the same time being part of this band and more, more yeah. use, and, and using your, your trumpet to speak, how, how did the transition move over into writing your lyrics and, and being able to, having to put yourself out there in that manner? Uh, does it fit it? I mean, obviously it's different, but uh, how did it feel compared to doing? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, it's, there's a lot more vulnerability when, when you do that and when you're writing lyrics or even, just standing there with nothing in your hands as as a singer you know i get to hide behind a big old hunk of metal usually <laughs> uh and you don't get to do that anymore um so it's a very vulnerable feeling and also i think people have a tendency to assume that everything that you write is autobiographical that's kind of what i've found over yeah. the last decade um and so i'll write about some like super sad stuff and people will call me and be like are you okay like it's story <laughs> like what i'm telling you yeah. telling a story it's not it's not about me. You know what I mean? And we're back. Hey. Oh, hi, guys. Hey, hey, hi. Hey, hey, hey. Let's just restart at the beginning. <laughs> okay. I'm a classy bitch. Thanks. <laughs> I'll tell you, gonna, you should, you should uh, every time you, you do a show, just be like, Hi, my friends. Welcome. I am a classy ass bitch. I think the name of my new podcast is going to be Classy Bitch. I'll make merch. Yes. Light I'll up. cut you guys in. I was gonna say we deserve nice. a cut. Nice. I understand. I, listen, I know yeah. how this fucking business works. <laughs> um, shit, I can't remember where we're at. Yeah, let's get back to where we were. You were, you were, you were talking about yeah, the vulnerability of and uh, lyric writing. Yeah, I did, I think that you know writing lyrics makes you much more vulnerable than playing a trumpet solo. You know, mm-hmm. um, people connect with it more. It's it's uh, it's so it's really like a a, a deeper connection. Um, and you know, like I was saying, like it's you know it's it's storytelling. It's about storytelling. Um, and there are so many times where my friends will call me and ask me if I'm okay if I've written a sad song. But um, <laughs> I think that's sort of the 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 job of the songwriter. No, is to tell a story. Hello, yeah. like that's that's what we do here, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we, we the um, the inner oh god speak. Hold on. Here we go. Try this again. Mouth movements. All right. 
we speak to many artists and uh, this it's a very common theme that we like to talk about how like because there are some artists that are just straight up like everything is is real and yeah. and super vulnerable but then there's then we always talk about how there's a whole nother artist who can just represent a song and an emotion yeah he might stuff. not they might not have lived it but they can represent it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think as an artist you need to be able to do really all of that you need to be able totally. to write that way, perform that way, perform somebody else's song as if you've lived through it. You know, that's part of, of being a believable artist um, is also being a little bit of, of an actor. Yeah. Um, and there are certain people who are, who are better at one than the other. Um, and I'm not saying we should all be excellent at all of it, but, um, you know, with this new album, I co-wrote a lot of the lyrics um, with uh, my friend Aaron Boyd, yeah. who, and there's a couple songs on there that have absolutely nothing to do with me and my life um and i hope that nobody knows which one's which you know (laughs) seamless enough that you're like well that's definitely the one that you know like it it just i I hope that it feels cohesive and that and it's just because it didn't happen to me didn't mean it didn't happen you know to her or to us or to a friend of ours or to everybody else you know we wrote about really common themes on this album i i we wanted to make it sort of like I don't know, accessible and, and let's write about this. Let's see if we can write our love song. It's not cheesy, you know, which is really hard to do. It's yeah. hard to write about love and beautiful things without, without offending people. God, yeah, <laughs> That is true. You know, so we, we kind of, we gave it all a shot. Like, what if we wrote a song like this? What if we wrote a song? And we kind of just approached it like that, where it was like, there were subject matters that we wanted to write about. Um, we happened to start writing the album on January 6th, um, which was, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a date in history. Um, anyway, so you know, there's just like, I think there's some good stories on it. I hope, I hope people like it. Well, we're, we're, we'll come back right here to your to your album here in a second. I wanted to take a step back because you're like with all these hats you're wearing uh, when you know recording, you're you're playing, you're you're singing, you're writing, you're doing all. Which one has been one of the hardest to really that you feel like the hardest to to engage with? Um, this one, which is promoting your own self. That's the truth. That's the truth. Great answer. Like to sit around and talk about myself is not something that I'm comfortable with. Um, and so that's honestly the hardest part. The music is the easy part. Um, you know, I often say that, uh, you know, I'm on the road 300 days a year. And so I'm in a different city almost every day of my life. Um, and that part of it, the travel and the nightmare travel days and the booking everything that not the shows, but like dealing with travel, dealing with the rental cars, dealing with like all the little teeny stuff that goes on in a musician's day every single day that you don't see. That's the work. Yeah. The reward is getting to play the show at night. That's Fair. not the work. Right. So, I, you know, I'm like a weird travel agent slash tour manager slash all these hats for a living. And then I get to go play music at night. Like, it's kind of my side hustle. It's like the music. <laughs> that's the side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, I think B.B. King has a quote about, like, he said, like, I work I work all day so that I can play music at night or something yeah. like that. No, that's, like that's, that. exactly, that's, that's exactly how we all feel. You know, there's yeah. so much trauma that happens in a day that no one will ever know about if you do your job right. 
you know, like my job is to get on stage and make people feel and, and spread joy. And hopefully they leave at the end of the night feeling better than when they came. You know, I, I feel like as a musician, I owe them that they chose to come see me. They chose to spend their hard earned money. They didn't have to do that. Um, and so I owe them, uh, you know, a debt of gratitude and a great show and they don't need to know where I was all day and like how many flat tires and how many, you know, I, my, I was on a plane two days ago and the engine caught fire midair. Oh my Guess God. What? Die and nobody knew, you know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. I'm not saying like my engine catches fire every day, but <laughs> it's some, not a big deal. <laughs> some stupid stuff like that happens every single day of our lives. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. You know? That's wild. Yeah. That yeah, was so. It was a little wilder than most. Things. I, was gonna I feel say, like we you, should you, come back to this story. You skirted over that like <laughs> no big deal, but it's like okay, holy shit. But like you know, here I am. I'm here. It's fine. Yeah, you're gonna go. Um, you learn how to not freak out about stuff when your life is just like a freak show. <laughs> that's what makes it exciting. It's, it's yeah. what makes it life. You know, yeah. engines yeah. catching fire, it's, it's, it's near life. death experiences. My favorite was when the flight attendant came on. Only the people sitting over the wing uh, actually saw the fire coming out of the engine. And the pilot comes on. He's like, muttered some stuff about, we're going to turn around and go back to Atlanta. Uh, And then right as we were landing, a couple minutes before we landed, the flight attendant came on. He's like, nobody panic. (laughs) There are literally 20 people right here who saw what happened. Nobody else, hundreds of people have no idea what's happening. And now you just really freaked everybody (laughs) out. That sounds like like a comedy, like a comedic movie. Flight attendant one-on-one. That's right. That's like Chris Farley and yep. David Spade and you know. Yeah, yeah that's like the number one thing to like make people panic is to say <laughs> don't, don't panic, panic on an airplane. <laughs> no one has any idea why we're going back to Atlanta. Oh. Could be because somebody got sick, not the engine caught on fire. Anyway, whatever, moving on. But that's like, you know, my point is we work all day. Yeah. And and get rewarded at night. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Um so did working with because you got with um you started working with trey at at such a young age and then now you're starting to do more solo stuff does did working with him for so long like really like make it easier to transition into doing your own thing since you kind of saw how all that worked or or maybe a little harder because you're kind of used to doing this and Mm, yeah yeah i don't think it made it easier to transition i think um the gifts that he's given me along the way in terms of knowledge um, has has been really beautiful. Um, mm. He's such a special guy and cares so much. Um, and watching the way that he works and treats everyone around him, his work ethic is like no one else's, I promise you that. Um, nothing makes him happier than rehearsing and playing music and all that kind of stuff. So, and I'm the same way. Like I, I you know, I wanna show up, I wanna be prepared, I wanna rehearse. There's so many people who like just think they can show up and it's totally cool. But yeah. again, it's like all the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm blessed to know how to run a rehearsal. There's some bands that you go into work with and you're like, like <laughs> we could have been done hours ago. How come you don't know the skill? But it really is a skill. Like ha- having people together, having people feel good, having people feel uplifted and supported. Um, also coming in, knowing your stuff, having, creating an environment where people want to come in and know their stuff for you. I mean, it's all like, it's all a huge part of it. So um i think those are those are the kinds of things that i really appreciate about working with him um Mm. and and his obviously his support is 
is is like none other. I mean, he's like my my biggest supporter. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, I, I always thought of uh, like when you're talking about coming prepared. Like whenever I was, so I can't remember who who said this, but one of my teachers was just like. The, the practice room is where you get all the shit out. It's it's it sounds the worst because I hate it when people would listen to me practice because it's like oh, yeah. it sounds so bad and that's the whole point. You get it all right there. So don't make your practice room when you're with the band because it is the worst sounding. Hmm. No, no, but my my band teacher in high school was such a hard ass. I'm so grateful for him. But, you know, if, if he'd see, like, in a big band rehearsal, if there'd be somebody, like, down there, like, sort of, like, practicing, that he would just, like, snap and be like, hey, practice at home. <laughs> like, that's not what rehearsal's for. Rehearsal's for huh. fine-tuning. Rehearsal's not for learning stuff. You learn stuff at home, we fine-tune in rehearsal, then we go play the gig. Wow. Period. Yeah, that's like, cool. There's no, there's no other way to do that. Absolutely. Is, <clears throat> I've only really had experience with, like, a, like a small band, like, guitar, drums, bass, you know, vocals, but is rehearsing with a full, like, big band and stuff like that, like, that that sounds crazy oh, technical to me. Yeah, it, I don't <laughs> understand it. Like, <laughs> does everyone just kind of have to know their place in this big, like, mechanism? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's like, it's, you know, we say it's like, it's like all the pistons are firing. Everybody's a piston in the band. Um, but yes, I mean, if you... If you want to minimize rehearsal time, if you want to minimize um, frustration, all that kind of stuff, just come in knowing, come in yeah. knowing stuff, and then and then we can figure it out. So like, I have a gig um, at Red Rocks next week, which is oh, I've played cool. Red Rocks a lot of a lot of times. I've been really really blessed to play Red Rocks a lot of times with a lot of different bands, but this is the first time that my name has been on the marquee. Oh, cool! And so it's awesome. like a it's a big deal for me. And so, um, and the, they, the, it's with, um, green sky bluegrass, great bluegrass band. Um, and they asked me to, to put together a band for the, for the hour before they play. And they're like, you can have whoever you want. You can play whatever you want, but like, we want it to be like something special, like an all-star thing, whatever. So I called a bunch of musicians that I love playing with. Um, and you know, we get one rehearsal the night before. Oh, and so geez. you also, you look at now, okay, like who's in the band? What's everybody really good at? Um, what are the skill sets? What are, you know, and, and I also chose people who I knew would come correct. <laughs> and um, it's important. It's like, you know, we all know a lot of people. I'm not going to call the people who aren't going to learn things before they get there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was like, okay, well, what's, what's everybody's vibe? What's every, like, how many singers do we have? How, what horn section songs do we have? Like, let's make sure that we utilize everybody in the best possible way. And so when I put the set list together and I put the set list together a month ago so that everybody could have plenty of time to learn it. And we still have a four hour rehearsal the night before, but I fully expect everybody to come in knowing everything so that we can fine tune stuff. And like, we got a bunch of singers. Great. Come in knowing every part. Yeah, that's just it. Like, come in. Don't don't just learn one harmony part and be like everybody else. Work around me. You got to know it. You got to understand the chords. You got to understand what's happening. You got to understand, you know, the music and then the charisma and then you know, like with the job that we're there to do. You have to understand what your audience is. You know, there's like a, there's a lot there's a lot to it. So, um, no one wants to have like a band full of duds. Reality. Yeah, rock stars. Anyway, awesome. Um, anything else on this before I move on? Um. Yeah, just so just to touch on that too, because 
Sorry, I find this fascinating, and it's something I don't know a lot about. And Johnny, to to be frank, Johnny is like more in this world than like than I am. Like he said, he went to he went to Belmont, learned uh, composition there and stuff like that. And, yeah. But I'm more just like I'm a songwriter. I yeah. like country or I like record Pro Tools or whatever. But so I'm not like in this world a lot. So it's I'm I'm curious. Like so in Nashville, um, we're in Nashville. I don't know if you said that, but we hear one thing when you're finding a band. Um, we always talk about like the hang and like um, how a lot of people say I'd rather have a musician that's cool and not the best in the world versus the best in the world who's an asshole. And I'm curious, like when you have a huge band, um, is that still thought of too? Are you like, like I'd even rather, more so. yeah, I bet. Yeah, even more so because there, there now there's more personalities involved. Yeah. And now if you got six cool people in one asshole, it's still an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, uh, and and yeah. ideally you have someone who can do it all. But yeah. but certainly I would rather um, be around people who I enjoy being around than oh, being right. the best of the best and not vibe because the vibe is is just as important and i think uh not only for the hang afterwards and all that kind of stuff but like because that because what we do is all energy so if you're on a stage where like one guy's clearly the odd man out because nobody wants to hang out with him because he's a jerk for whatever reason everybody feels that nobody's stupid like yeah. give your audience some credit they don't want to like if your back is turned and i've been in bands like that where like i got called out because i i was not a fan of one of the band members oh. And I got called out, like, you know, off stage or whatever, but they were like, you're, everything that you do is inclusive, yet you have your literal shoulder, like your back is to him when you play. Wow. Like I was yeah, facing yeah. all the way stage right, Wild. so I wanted to look at him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. But I, re- I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, but like yeah. my body language fully gave it away. Yeah, and he was like, what, like, what's up? And I was like, oh, I, I, I hate him. Like I really, I really... <laughs> And like, I can give you a hundred reasons why, but he just like, wasn't a good person. Yeah. Um, and so hmm. luckily well, he got fired a couple of days later. But... Oh, nice. <laughs> well, with... As she drinks. Yeah, she's like, victory <laughs> sip. Uh-oh. <laughs> Pinky out. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's, bad. that's a lesson I think a lot of people need to learn. Well, so I was kind of curious about this then. Uh, I mean, this might seem like an obvious yes answer, but, but like, I'm curious if there's like, like if you've experienced it, but so with that kind of a situation, do you feel it in, because the style of music is so, uh, you know, jazz with jazz, it's all improvisational a lot of times. And there's so much of just playing back and forth. Do you feel it in the music then when you are playing with somebody that you have not been vibing with? Like, obviously I'm sure you do, but yeah, uh, I was curious yes. if there's ever any it's like like the, specific It's the feeling. first feeling that you feel. You know, it's like, how are you supposed to concentrate on music when the vibe in the room is so jacked up? Um, yeah. So that I think that's the it's the first thing that you think about is like who you know who's on stage with you and what your relationship is and how much everybody is. You know, I say I've said support a couple times on this call, but like you know, it really is about support. It's not about who's playing a solo right now. It's about what's happening with every single person. We do this like this uh, like exercise of sound check sometimes with Trey, where like you know it's a it's a large band. There's eight people in that band. There's oh, wow. a three piece horn section and a percussionist and a full rhythm section and all that kind of stuff. And it can be a lot of it can be a lot of sound. It is a lot of sound. Um, 
And, you know, Trey loves to rehearse. A soundcheck is not a soundcheck. It's a two-hour rehearsal every single day before a four-hour show. Every day. It doesn't matter if we're sitting venue two nights in a row. We show up and have a rehearsal the second night as well. Um, and so, because it's it, his motto is, it's so good, it should be even better. Like, there's no... That. Yeah. What's up, Goosebumps? That Come was on, sexy. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> like there is no such yeah. thing as complacency. Like it's it's you know there's always room for improvement. So um, so we use that time to you know rehearse and get down to the nitty gritty of stuff or learn something new or whatever it is, whatever the the scenario calls for. Yep. And we'll be in the middle of something, and he'll stop the band. He'll be like, Jennifer, what's the hi hat pattern he was playing? Really. And if you can't answer it, then you weren't listening. Ooh. And that's like how wow. we all like the, we're mentally exhausted at the end of a show because that's how we have to listen. If you don't know what the left hand of the clavinet was doing for the last two bars, then you weren't listening. And there's a lot to listen to. Nice. So like, it's not about you. It's never about you. It's about support. It's about knowing what is going on and supporting your fellow bandmates and saying yes and picking up on what everybody's doing. It's, it's complicated. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and so it's not about like the ripping guitar solo that happens to be happening at the moment. It's about all of us, guitar player included, and what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good Lord. I know. Like, so I don't even know how to be able to listen to that much happening. And I'm a composer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just like, but, but when you start doing it, it's really interesting. You're like, oh, I actually don't matter. First, <laughs> like, the most important lesson to learn is I do not matter in this equation. There's seven other people who matter more than me. Yeah. And that's really at all times. Yeah. You know? It, so you've played with or shared the stage with lots of different um, artists and stuff, and we could go over some of that. But what I'm most curious about with that is, uh, is everyone like this, or is this <laughs> un is this unique? Do you think to you and to Trey and stuff? It's unique. Yeah, it's definitely unique. I mean, there uh, are a lot of people who skate by on being like just good enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so going back to your question earlier about you know. Trey and, and solo careers and whatever. It's like there's so many beautiful bits that I've learned from him over the years and this included. Um, but no, this is not normal. Um, <laughs> it's just what's it's what it's what sets that band apart um, yeah. and and all of those musicians apart. Um, but no, it's not. That's very unique to the situation <laughs> yeah. to be in that situation. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to switch it. Go ahead. All right. Because I, I want, I want, yeah, I, I love it, but I also <laughs> like. All right, we need to dive a little bit more into music, um, and because I, I also have a couple of questions from there. But so you you talked about the new album coming out. Honestly, I only see releases. That's what I've been looking. We we I think we both have been looking. We're like, yeah, did we miss looked, something? Like, yeah. Oh. So I'm assuming Friday. Ah! Okay. <laughs> well, well, Friday. This will be released. Yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah. So what, what date is it exactly? The date. September 9th. Ah, beautiful. And yeah. what's it called? Something in the water. Something in the water. Something in the wood. It depends on where you are. Water, if you're from Philly, something in the water. Water. Yep. And then and then yeah. and you have a song called water. By the River. Is that the water that we're that I that, do. That we no, it's of? different water. Oh, different okay. Water. It's a different a lot of water in my life. <laughs> Um, well, it, well, then, then uh, 
so you, you started writing it. You said uh, January 6th. Um, I cannot remember your co-writer that you said that you worked with. Yeah, um, um, Nick Casarino. Nick Casarino. Um, and Aaron Boyd, the three of us kind of like holed up in a in a vacant uh, bed and breakfast for a week and a half. That's a, the, the owners of this place are, are really good family friends of Nick, and I've known them for years. And they go to Florida for the winter because it's really cold in Vermont in January. Um, <laughs> and they closed down the bed and breakfast. Um, and we just, we went up there and it was raging COVID. And... <sighs> And they both, Aaron and Nick, both live in New York City, and they just needed to get out. And Natural. they had a new puppy, and they just said, let's, let's go up there. So they were there for three months. Um, Dang. Living nice. in the snow and building fires and hanging out. And, and I was up there for about a week and a half. Um, and, you know, we would just like, I mean, we're all great friends. We've been friends for a long time. Um, we would just, we would cook and we would laugh and we would write music and build bonfires. And, you know, it was just like a, a way to sort of like relieve some stress and also get some work done in a time where nobody was working, yeah. Yeah. which felt super strange to a lot of us. <laughs> um, you know, being home for 18 months was weird. Like yeah. I said, I'm, I'm home for maybe like... 60 70 days a year maybe that's wild uh so so with with all that writing and everything was there any kind of so like um based on the music that you currently have released and everything uh this album is it kind of in the same genre and style or is there a little deviation or or there's a definite there's a definite departure the last uh album that i made which came out a few years ago was just a trio record it was um upright bass and guitar and vocals um just me christian mcbride and nick and um and this is definitely like a full band vibe um slightly more there's more party vibe there's more just like more fullness um and i think that's one of the things like you know as as an artist that gets tricky for people to swallow is like when an artist grows and then they have to everyone has to deal with the fact that like the next album is different and like what do i think about that person you know um and i think like a true artist really they do grow and they don't make the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and I appreciate a listener who, who can understand that. And that's not everybody, unfortunately. And I, we all fall victim to that. You know, like, oh, I really liked his second record, but that third one, you know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's too much of a departure for me. You know, I, I don't know. And that's a very human feeling. Um, but I think, you know, the artist is requesting you to, to grow a little bit as well and yeah. maybe go along with it, give it a shot. Um, but I think there's um, the the last record we made was like you know a little more jazz trio vibe, and this is definitely like full full band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why was there so much time in between the albums that you released? Was it just because just simply busyness? <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of it. I mean, the last record I put out was in 2018. I mean, for me, that seems like a really normal amount of time. Like three years is a normal amount. Well, of time. I meant more from uh, from Ocean from- Floor. To, yeah. to Nexus, there was a little yeah, more that, of a, a little more. Yeah, that a, was like seven years. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just straight up, you know, being being busy and taking care of everybody else before yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I, I, it's not, and I, and I think you know, without having a label breathing down your neck and saying, "I need a new record from you," "I need a new record from you," it's just like a matter of what feels good to you. Um, it did feel a little long, but I was busy doing other stuff. So, um, you know, now that there's a label involved, maybe they'll be like, Hey, it's been a year. Let's go. But (laughs) but it's fine. Uh, it's all fine. Um, yeah, no, no, just 
just trying to accommodate all the things that I've um, signed on for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you play live, are you playing um, all original stuff? Or are you throwing in like different covers and whatnot? Yeah, we'll throw in some covers. Um, and I think, again, it depends on who, do you, who your audience is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. if it's a late night slot in, in New Orleans, man, you're starting the gig at 2 a.m. during Jazz Fest, it's going to be a different set than a 4 p.m. set at like, you know, a listening room. Um, mm-hmm. So you just kind of got to know your, know your audience and, and adapt. That's sort of like again what we do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> just like adapt to the situation. Absolutely. Do you have a pre- like a preference on on any cover that you really like to do? Mmm. It depends on who I have with me. Huh. Um. <laughs> yeah, it depends. If I've got like a full you know raging horn section and all the vocalists in the world, um, you know we're gonna play some gap band. You know, we're going to play uh, some some B-sides that you're like, ooh, what's that? Did she write that? But it's not going to be like, you know, a, a, a number one Billboard chart, Stevie no, Wonder, you know, whatever. It's going to be like some. I also think it's my responsibility to introduce people to music that they've never heard before. Yeah, um, and when I was putting this band together for Red Rocks, that was one of my stipulations was like, I'm not going to put together like a band of people that you've heard of. I'll have a few in there for you, but I also feel like it's my responsibility to introduce you to people that you need to know um and i feel that way about music too so um you know if if it's some weird quincy jones b-side rather than um you know till i reach the highest ground that's what i'm gonna do you know this actually leads a little bit into a question that i had um so a lot of of where uh, like new listeners come come in is through you know the new streaming platforms. You have Spotify, Apple Music, wow. uh, Google. But in this world, in this uh, uh, genre, in this world, do you is do you feel like it's uh, because everybody? How do I put this? One second. It's almost there. Uh, um, so I always feel like, you know, like with the Americana Andy style and then with a lot of jazz and blues, it's always wanting to purchase albums, purchase CDs, have the, the, that, that portion of it. Do you see it in your sales and everything like that rather than, than, than streaming or is streaming still a big part of it? Like what's, what's really the, the thing, the background of that? Anybody that thinks that they can make money off of selling records is like living in the seventies. <laughs> It's just, there is no, it just doesn't exist. I mean, with the resurgence of vinyl, thank God, because people will purchase it as like an, like a thing that they can hold on to. Um, and you know, you can charge 30 bucks a pop and nobody says anything. Um, they're also $25 a piece to make. So, you know, it's not like your margins are sick, but like, you know, but it's something that they can hold. And I, I think you know, streaming's not going anywhere. It's unfortunate to the artist uh, financially, um, but everything is so readily available at your fingertips that like, it's also like a beautiful thing. So I look at an album as a very, very, very expensive business card. Like I'm not looking at it to recoup my money or Hmm. to like sell, no one's selling a million anything anymore. They might have a million streams, but they're not selling a million anything. I mean, a million streams is like, you know, four grand or something to the artist if you own your masters. So it's, you know, we're not talking about money here anymore. So really for me, you know, live shows is, is the way that I make my living. Um, People still buying tickets but i don't think the average person 
listens to music on Spotify and thinks I'm really screwing the artist here. Well, uh, yeah. I think they, because, and a lot of people think that because they pay for the, the premium streaming that somehow that money goes to the artist, yeah. um, which as a musician, you know, it's not true, but, yeah. um, <laughs> well, I meant more less on your side of it and more, do you see that thing? Did that get got brighter? way brighter? Yeah. Also, sorry, weird. the light got really bright. I thought you guys had like a bat in there. Like, it got really dark and then really bright. Also, I was like, whoa. Uh, more like as a as a culture, like is there a lot more of the purchase on that side rather than the streaming, or or not as much really? That's more kind of a, like like on that area, not not necessarily the money part, more the yeah. general no. culture of it. I think within the indie community and the jazz community um, and like not the sort of like pop and super popular side of things, there is a lot more purchasing happening, but there's also a lot fewer numbers. Um, and so, you know, people who are streaming Lizzo are not buying Lizzo record, you know, yeah. like, a Lizzo <laughs> you know, but she's like a superstar and however many billions of street, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but, um, I do still appreciate, you know, I appreciate that people buy it and want to support. Um, my community is, is, is so supportive. It's really like sort of uncanny. Um, they still, they, they want to buy everything, you know, they'll come up and they'll buy a, a, a record and a pin and a koozie and a shirt and spend, you know, 140 bucks and just say like, we want to support you, you know, yeah. like they don't even necessarily care about what they're getting. They just want to support the artist. And that's so, like, it's just, it's so unprecedented really. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everyone in, in my scene is certainly grateful for that, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Nice. Well, I'm just kind of curious about that. Cause yeah, different, yeah. different, different scenes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Time is with your. Do you think that having like a musical family and educators and stuff really led to you liking like the more in depth stuff, if you will, rather than like just mainstream whatever? Yeah, I do. I think yeah. you know, I was. It was introduced to me so early on that sort of the idea of complicated music and the idea of not following any sort of trend or mold or anything like that. Um, you know, when I was 15 years old and all my friends were starting to get jobs, um, I went to my mom and I was like, I want to, I want to get a job. She's like, okay, <laughs> well, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I mean, all my friends were working at gas stations, you know, uh, <laughs> it was 1995. Uh, <laughs> and so she said, well, why do you want a job? I said, well, cause I want money. Okay, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. My friends work at gas stations. Okay, well, what could you do? What are you good at where you could give back? Yeah. Hmm. And that was such a, a beautiful lesson in that point in my life. And I said, well, I'm good at music. And I was at that time. Um, she's like, well, what, what could you offer? What could you give back? And so I designed a two-week jazz improvisational curriculum for kids and for two weeks, I taught a jazz improvisation workshop and wow. had, I don't know, 25 kids or something for two weeks come pay a bunch of money. We had an amazing time. I learned a lot. They learned a lot. Um, you know, and I made more in those two weeks than all of my friends did all year. Damn. And I thought like, ha. <laughs> it. But it was more about giving back than it was about receiving. Yep. And that was really 
uh, an important lesson at a very early age. Like, what can you do where where it's it's beneficial to both parties? Um, and so that was also part of my upbringing. Besides, you know, listening to really beautiful classical music all the time. I mean, our Christmases were every like I said, everyone played brass instruments. So like our Christmases were playing like really intense like brass quintet music you know we'd sit, <laughs> wow. around, we'd sit around the wood stove with the tuba the i mean like a whole thing and my grandma would whip out this you know these like scores from the 1930s and we would sit there and read them and like my sight reading was like on fire because of that you know wow. and and we would play all that stuff and yeah. i thought it was perfectly normal but because of that like that all of that stuff shaped who i would become and and what you know and sort of not following any any already pre-mode path you know yeah. it was just sort of about what I felt was right and what I wanted to create. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that because otherwise, who knows what the hell I'd be doing. I'd probably be working at a gas station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lord. Oh, that's awesome. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But still, if you can make what you what they make in a year, you know, you make two weeks, you, you did a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That well, is cool. I think a lot of young artists, they don't have that. They don't have that uh, vision or like... They don't have that knowledge of their direction. They don't have the guidance, you yeah, know? Yeah. I was really lucky. Yeah. That's and I also true. think I'm going to like fully stand on my soapbox here for a second and say that, you know, I had the luxury of growing up with nobody watching, with no in, with no uh, internet, with no Instagram, with no nothing, man. Like I got to fail and fall on my face with nobody watching and kids don't have that. Like yeah, they think that they're supposed to be brilliant at something when they're 11 years old because that's what they see. They see the filtered product. They see the final product. Nobody ever shows the work because that's not the glamorous part. And so I'm like the last of the generation who didn't, who didn't have to, you know, yeah. deal with it. And everybody looks at it as like a, like all oh, this amazing technology and whatever, it's ruining kids' lives yeah. because like, yeah. they don't understand that everybody fails. They just think that I'm the only failure. I feel like a piece of shit because like everybody else is perfect at everything. Yeah. So um, I had the privilege of of falling on my face a zillion times before anybody knew who I was. And yeah. and I'm thank God, man, because I would never be able to be like 15 in 2022. I know, I know. Be easy to to give up if constantly all you're seeing is perfection everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> like, God damn. Absolutely. Like I miss, am I the only person who like misses gray hair? Like, I, like <laughs> I'm like, why does your face look full of like stuff? Like, well, and where's your gray hair? <laughs> like you're not, you don't like bless your heart. You don't look human. You know that, yeah, right? Like, I know. Like, <laughs> You know, I don't know, but it's like all part of it that like we're trying to like portray this thing that is like not not only is it not realistic, it's not even human. Like, I know I, my my father is un, unnatural. Who knows? It's supernatural, I should say, where he literally had no gray hair until he was like almost 50. It's finally yeah. happening, and me and my sister are like, finally, you're getting yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> my dad found his first gray hair when he was 16 years old, and oh. his hair has been white since he was like 26. <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah. You know, even Steven. Even it, it all evens out. That's in the cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Go uh, make mistakes, kids. I don't know how many children watch your show. Please go make mistakes. The, the and know that show. everyone is making mistakes at all times. Yeah, we, we have a... We, yeah. Our show is notorious for having a, a lot of uh, children like, listeners. You know, like 8, eight to 12. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Yeah. With all the swearing, the drinking, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and the awful jokes right. that we make. People with children. How's that? Like, uh, yeah, people yeah, who might be watching right. this with young children. Do we have a lot of, inf- of knowledge, a lot of music knowledge. That's that true. We are an educational podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, we are. We are. We are. We're just not in the traditional sense. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be traditional. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. That is, yeah, it's that so good... true, too. Yeah. Yep. All right, my friend. I think we are heading towards the end. Do you have anything else, Brian, before, before we wrap up? Um, I have just stupid questions. Can I end with just like dumb, silly questions? Well, let's first do the plugs then, then do the, then do the, the, the we usually do the end, the dumb questions. Oh, I just have a couple. Oh, okay. Just like, some, okay. Yeah. Before like, the dumb questions, he has dumb questions. Yeah. So I have a dumb, dumb question, but then, um, no, the, just just silly questions about about a dumb dumb question this is stuff. just a dumb question yeah so the oh shoot you know what and now i'm not remembering which song is it only time there's a song that um you do some scatting in and i love that and that's one thing that i've like like i'm a i'm a, I'm a singer yeah, but I—that's one thing I just like. I cannot comprehend. I just can't do it. Johnny and I wrote a song. <laughs> do not ever. Which we call it scat rap, and we were trying to, like, we we're doing like the rhythm of like how we yeah. wanted to like do a rap. Yeah. To this song, and I and I was like, wait, let's not use any lyrics. Just scat. And just scat the whole thing. It was very bad. It was stupid. He's laughing, but this is like real life for me. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because it all. It, it's very stupid. It's That's very stupid. I... But uh, no, but I'm, I am curious because like there has to be some sort of like freedom in, in that. Like you have to just not worry about like what you're doing, I guess. And and I wonder, too, if like the trumpet helps because the trumpet is like sort of a type of. Hard, yeah, like, like hard a, hits. And... Yeah, like a weird scat. Um, I'm yeah, curious no, if that's no, related. No question about it. I mean, it's all it's all related to the same thing. I mean, that all all that scat stuff is is trumpet player like trumpet stuff that I haven't put a horn up to my mouth. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> so when we did that, it was like I was like I kind of wanted to be like a call and answer thing where like I'll just sing some stuff and I'll play some stuff in in between, and that's exactly how it started. Um, and so I ended up you know singing a, a bunch of stuff and purposefully leaving some holes to stack some trumpet stuff on top of it. And that's exactly how we built the outro. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. And it is only time will tell, um, okay. you know, but that like that whole thing is like, it's all it is, you know, is me singing trumpet parts. <laughs> yeah. um, and so like, I don't think about syllables. I don't think about anything. It's just like, it's just what comes out of my mouth. Um, so it's not like intended to be some like fully studied scat singing. It's just like, <laughs> It's just what whatever comes out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I like yeah, that. It is. Well, I mean, that is what scatting usually is. It's just in, in yeah. doing yeah, sometimes it can be right? like Sometimes it can just sound <laughs> contrived is all. Like, mm-hmm. I learned these syllables and I'm supposed to be like, you know, and it's like, oh, God, stop, please, stop. Yeah. Which is how I feel about most things. Please stop. Please stop doing that. Please stop. 
Yeah. I, I really That's how I feel about most people. I would like to be a fly in the room <laughs> on a day in please which you do stop. do that to somebody's face. Just stop. Stop. Oh, please. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm usually pretty polite, but behind closed doors, please stop. <laughs> drink. Pinky up. Drink. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Just classy. Always classy. Listen, you know what I said at the top of this show. <laughs> show yeah um (laughs) another silly question is what's the tattoo on your arm oh the one that's a word that's not a word i don't know i keep kind of seeing a tattoo yeah because you do this i have a faux sleeve so this, or you're talking about the word that's not a word the word that's not a word is um that the only person who needs to know what that's about knows what it's about uh and the rest of it can fully be talked about those are chickadees and blueberries and a magnolia uh and a lioness Oh, oh shit that's cool yeah, thanks. This is very yeah. exciting for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like, can't see this? They can't see all the pinkies up that I've been doing? No, that's why we keep saying that you did the pinkies oh, up. Oh, you guys are super up. messing out. Yeah. I look so beautiful right now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, people are missing out because, I mean, I also look beautiful. You guys look oh, gorgeous. God. Thank you. And, and, and my, new, my new guitar looks beautiful, too. It's so beautiful. Which one is new? The blue one or the... Oh, there's three. There's three. There's three. Technically, the blue and, and the Les Paul are new. I, I just got a job at a, like a, at a place that repairs guitars. Uh-huh. And Where? I, Give it a plug, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Franklin Guitar Works, if you... Oh, no, never heard of it. You know that also lives in Nashville? <laughs> you do? Damn it. Yeah. Also, the way you said that, whatever that, that your company is, it sounded like when she like is about to take a sip of Pinky Up. Franklin Guitar Works. No big deal. Um cool. Uh well Yeah, let's do the plugs and and on the last question. Uh so go ahead and hit us with obviously you already mentioned when when it's coming out, but go ahead and repeat and where people can find you and all the things of music. Yeah. Uh so the new record is Something in the Water. It comes out on September 9th digitally. We have vinyl. You can uh order. I was gonna say pre-order, but now you can like officially order. Okay. Um com has all of my dates, all the merch, all the stuff. There's videos, there's fun stuff. Um come out and see a show. We're real fun live. Yeah. Are you playing a show around here at all? No, I don't play in this town. I just live in it. Son of a bitch. Not everybody, I swear. Yeah, no, I feel like it's normal. I've been here 10 years, and I've played four. Like, I mean, that doesn't even include my own gigs. Like, I have played in this town four times in 10 years. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah. But wow. I did make the album here because I thought, well, I could at least make the yeah, album. Yeah, do that. Here. You, you, the, the, you not playing here is like the definition of don't shit where you eat. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Awesome. That is funny. It is such a musician thing. They don't ever play here. They just play everywhere yeah. else. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with our like writing and producing is like to get out of yeah, like yeah, do it yeah. here for everybody around. For yeah. Everyone else. Yeah. 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 Someday funny. I'll like you know get off the road a little bit and play more in town. That was my impetus for moving here. My husband's from um, just south of Memphis. Mm. And we were there for a couple of years and really just wanted to get out and said, well, what about Nashville? In theory, we could work in our own town and sleep in our own bed, which is something that neither one of us does. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. It does and not then, sound like you do. <laughs> 10 years later, da, 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 still not happening. But maybe like in 10 more years yeah, when yeah. – 
I don't want to be on the road 300 days a year, yeah, which is rapidly true. declining. Like, I, I, if I could cut it down by half, I'd be really happy. I was but... going to say, I was actually going to be like, you seen the type that is like, 30 years down the road, ah, I'll just keep rolling. <laughs> That's probably true. I'm like, in my in my living the dream dream, not nightmare, but dream. Um, <laughs> in 10 in ten years, I would, I would be on the road half that time. But yeah, we'll see. Good. Life has a funny way of flipping you off and saying, listen, bitch, you're going to just... <laughs> yeah. Right. Does your husband uh, is he a musician as well? He is. He's a bass player. Oh, okay. Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. Do you guys but play not together? No. Uh, no. We're not cute. Not I have a cute. real thing about this. Like we, I really do, and I would like <laughs> like I don't know how long your program is, but I talk a lot. Um, no, I we, a we don't want to take your time. We're fine. Listen, I'm drinking Basil Hayden. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> Granddaddy have, Basil Hayden. I feel right. I'm the great granddaughter of Basil Hayden. Um, Sir Basil Hayden. I think I have spent my life as a female instrumentalist, female musician, not giving a shit that I'm female. Everybody else seems to care. Um, right. I don't care. And I think it's so common that women tour with their male or counterpart period, you know, if, if they're a musician, I, I like purposefully don't do that because I feel like I have to extra prove that I'm not a novelty. Yeah. So when people say like, you know, we, we, you put together like an all female band or we, I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Uh, because it makes it feel like a novelty and we've worked too hard to be taken seriously. Like, you know, what I do is, is I work really, really hard and, um, it's, I have to work harder than every, than, than dudes. I just do. I'm sorry if you don't understand that, but that's just the fact of the matter. And so I on purpose don't play with him because I see singers playing with their boyfriends who are guitar players and thinking it's cute. And like, if that's musically what you want, God bless you. If what you think you have to do or supposed to do, then like you need a better example. And so I strive to be a better example for that. Um, and so while I could play with my husband and like we have, we've been together 10 years, I've probably played three gigs with him in 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I kind of do it on purpose to, to set an example. Hmm. So That's cool. Yeah, I like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so. Nice. But I, I meant it as a joke, but this turned into a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's very it's very purposeful, you know? Yeah. And I get asked that question a lot. Like, oh, is your husband a musician? Oh, do you guys, are you guys in the same band? I'm like, shit, no. Absolutely yeah. not. It doesn't matter how good he is. He's been, you know, he was in the North Mississippi All-Stars for 14 years. I mean, he's an amazing oh, wow. bass player. But, like... I've also had my own career for 20 years and I, I don't want to be somebody's wife in this industry. Yeah. I want to have my that own. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Wow. That's awesome. Anyway, that's Great how I feel answer. about it. <laughs> well, the answer you never knew you wanted. <laughs> this always happens at the end. Like at the end, I'm like, let's, if, let's like keep going. And then it's, but no, we gotta, we gotta start wrapping up. Uh, yeah. Oh, so thank you. Thank you. Um, I like to ask just one final question since it's music and brews. We don't really touch on the brews. We don't talk about brews a whole lot. So we touched on brews. You got yours for free. You overpaid, and that's why you guys are a lovely couple. That's true. Oh my god! Even that's a little yin yang. Look at that. Um, I like to ask the guests. Do can you tell us? Can you tell us uh, a good drinking story? 
or well, like well, a like a tour. But a funny story. a funny drinking story. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love that, that that that's the only question that has to be preceded by "Can you tell us?" because there's probably a few that people that are like can't, can't say. It. <laughs> like, do people just say no and then leave the Zoom meeting? Oh no, they just come up with one of them. Yeah, we've gotten some good ones though. Oh, we've gotten some real good ones. So you're saying I'm gonna be the first to be like, nope. Oh, shuts <laughs> off. It's bye-bye. okay if you, oh, God. if you don't have any. Like, you did tell us a good plane <laughs> catching on fire story. Yeah, yeah, your stories are, are on point right you, now. You already got a good story, but some of you don't got one. It's oh. okay. We can cut those. Oh boy. I mean, most the thing is that I'm not a huge drinker, and so most of the good drinking stories that I have involve someone else who's a really good but bad drinker. Oh no! <laughs> so like without, I don't want to sell anybody up the river. Yeah. Um, I will just say this. Here's what I will say. Um, I work a lot. I don't drink when I work. And so that's a lot of not drinking where most people would drink and go to work. I mean, if you're in this industry, which is the only industry that it's completely fine. (laughs) Have six shots of tequila and go to work. Um, So it's not exactly as as we drink our our tequila. (laughs) I'm technically at work right now and I'm drinking, but only because it's part of the show. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but I will, here's what I will say that if you ever catch me in Mobile, Alabama, which is where I go to hang out with all my friends when I'm not working, you're probably going to see me pretty drunk. Yeah. (laughs) That's like where I go to hang out where there's it's a judge free zone and there's no work. And I drink a lot of brown liquor. And so if you catch me in Mobile, Alabama, we're probably going to have a bunch of drinks. <laughs> that's, gonna, that's, we got to do it now. That's the place. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to do a music and brews tour of just like yeah. visiting everybody that we've interviewed around the world. Yeah. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. And then yeah. We'll, do, we'll catch you in Mobile, Alabama. We'll make sure that, that we're there at the same time. Yeah, we'll, we'll time it right. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Well, uh, thank you so Jennifer, much. You were amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Um, um, if I ever see you around town, it'll be a miracle because I never. You're never in town. <laughs> never in town. <laughs> Probably more more likely to run into each other outside of Nashville. <laughs> in Mobile, Alabama. In, in Mobile, yeah. Alabama. <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. You've been incredible, and and we're super excited. Uh, I guess we won't see you play down uh, in Nashville, but if you ever are, let us know because we. we I will. Die well, to also, see you. you should you should get out of town. You should come hang out in some other city. True. Yeah. Highly recommend it. I mean, you do. Let's he do does it. it a lot. He travels a lot more right. than I do. Um, can I tell you I'll one more story you. as we're leaving? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It has nothing to do with drinking or beer. Oh, then no. Uh, okay, great. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> this is like. Just, wait, Stop. Hi. So this is. Do you guys know who Nina Simone is? Do both of you know who Nina Simone is? I do not. I don't. You don't. Wow. I'm surprised. Amazing jazz singer. Yeah. Yeah. No. Since since past. So anyway, she, uh, my my good friend went to go see her. I believe in the '80s um, at the Tower Theater outside of Philly, and she was sort of notorious for just being like a super 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 badass black queen in a very white world. Uh, and she came out and played a whole show at the Tower. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Goes off stage for free encore. Everyone's like on their feet, just clapping, 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 clapping. 
She comes out. She comes back out. She sits back down at the piano. She sits at the mic, looks at everybody, and goes, "You want to hear another song?" Everybody's losing their mind, losing their mind, losing their mind. She goes, "By the record," <laughs> walks off stage. Oh my god. And I just aspire a, to be as cool as her one day of my life. What a baller. God damn. What a baller. By the record. By the, by the record. So by. I would encourage your listeners, by the record is all I'm saying. There we go. All right, see you guys later. And that's a shirt right there. Right. By the record. By the record. I appreciate you. Have see you, Jenna. All right, have a good night, you guys. Bye. You too. Bye. Toodaloo. Be classy. Man, right off the bat, what energy. Yeah, that it, it immediately made me be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. She was great. That was cool. That was very great. Record. Um, you know what? As she was telling the story, I was thinking she's gonna she's gonna tell this story as an ending and she's just gonna hang up. I I honestly I actually have like, thought that too. And I kinda wanted it and I, I was didn't like, want it. And I was like, I hope she does it. I would be willing to I fully thought she wasn't gonna end the story just mid sentence just <laughs> Yeah, me too. Just, which should have been. To fine. be frank, baller ass move, right? Because she was like, and I always tried to be baller like her. <laughs> <laughs> oh motherfucker! No. Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, it was so funny. Like, oh, I loved her. She was amazing because just she would say things in the most condescending way. This is fine. Mm-hmm. The most condescending way in terms of like when she's you know being sarcastic and then just puts up her 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 pinky and just sips. Well, yeah, so yeah, the pinky, and I'm sad that you know maybe nobody got to see it, Johnny. What do we gotta start recording these one day? I kind of think so. Sometimes I think people might like people like to see that stuff, and especially when you you know have an artist like her and she, everything she was doing was fun. Oh, she was. You guys yeah, missed out on her visual. pinkies up. Yep, 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 yep. Very visual. Ah, yeah. well, well, that's a, that's a later conversation, Brian. It's a later, it's a later conversation. It's a, it's a later conversation. Is it a later? Conversation. Conversation? Later. For later. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no, let's not descend into our yeah, usual shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to focus. No, but ah, she was great. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Right Definitely check out her music. Right off the bat. New album Crazy coming energy. out. We're super, yeah, right off the bat. I loved it. And normally we're like... We had to be the energetic ones to get like the person comfortable. And then she was like, I'm in it. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, check out Jennifer. She's incredible. New album coming out. Uh, for us, it's coming out this Friday, but for many others, uh, it has already been out. So make sure to go check it out and, yeah, give her follows and all the things because she's incredible and deserves all of the uh, support she can get. And also follow us. Yes. Yeah, so, it, like, if you see us in the street, don't say anything. <laughs> start following Just us. Just start following us. Yeah. Yeah, like and- that prickle at the end of my my at the, at the back of my neck. I, I like I love that feeling, and I want to know that somebody yeah. is following me because then it, it, it gives me the prickle. Uh huh. And 